0: Hello, everyone. I'm Brendan Marcello, sitting digitally across Auburn from Michael Nislik. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. D-O-U-G-H-Nuts.com. Gourmet donuts here in the state of Alabama, based in Birmingham. Check them out at WeHaveDonuts.com for delivery options in the Birmingham area. Also, they can deliver to Prevail Union Coffee Shops in montgomery and auburn again go to we for much more information on these beautiful and delicious donuts here in the state of alabama uh michael uh very busy uh wednesday tuesday monday i guess a busy week here as football wraps up auburn of course lost the peach bowl that's old news but auburn's got four players entering the nfl draft as of today uh, as we record this late Wednesday night, uh, and Auburn has hired their 10th assistant coach. First, l- let's jump into these four players that are leaving. Uh, big hits for Auburn, uh, three especially. Uh, these four players have declared for the NFL running backs, Carry On Johnson, and Cameron Petway. So Auburn's two top rushers from the last two years are gone. Uh cornerback Carlton Davis, who's an All-American on a couple of teams, and pass rusher Jeff Holland, who had 10 sacks this season in replacing Carl Lawson and was really, uh, I thought, uh, the best player, obviously on the defense and maybe on the entire team, depending on the day. Um Mike, these are some huge losses. I think carry-on's the heart and soul of the offense, and Jeff Holland might be... At least maybe the heart of the defense, if not both heart and the soul. But uh, those are some big losses for Auburn.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it feels like a mass exodus, doesn't it? Um, Everybody's jumping off the ship. (laughs) Just kind of not great. Uh, I I, I guess we'll start with, are you surprised how quickly everything happened? That within less than 48 hours, all them all they they all decided they were done
0: i was with carry on yeah but uh but even then as we discussed on our facebook Live, uh which everybody should check out at facebook.com slash with the way
1: that wrapped up at the end of the game that you felt you kind of thought that that was but i guess he said that he hadn't even thought about it hadn't even opened the thing and uh he just snapchatted that he's in pensacola florida uh, ready, Getting ready for training, so uh, I think everybody kind of knew. And it yes. kind of makes you think that maybe that performance on Monday now makes a little more sense in hindsight for some of the just the, the, the way the team played.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll say this. Uh, it was an uninspired game. uninspired game. We all know that, except for maybe three drives. The defense started hot, then kind of just crumbled a little bit. Um, and you got to wonder if some of these guys were thinking about themselves. I mean, Carlton Davis was definitely thinking about himself.
1: <laughs> Carlton Davis definitely wasn't thinking about the game. He was
0: um, not there. Um, uh, he was did not, not there. Right. Well, he he apparently traveled and participated in one practice and went home.
1: But there's uh, no way. I mean, I would not say that that's necessarily true.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, some questions surrounding that. Uh, I will say this about on Johnson. At least he gave it a go. Um, though I, I, I would say this, he did, he couldn't really do much because the offensive line didn't do anything for him. Right. Um, and we discussed this earlier. Carry on Johnson's kind of developed more into this patient runner and he likes to see things develop before he hits a hole. He didn't have a lot of time to watch things develop and that hindered him. I don't think that necessarily put him thinking about the NFL or anything on his performance, but definitely Carlton Davis. Um, not being there, and Jeff Holland. I thought he played well at times on some snaps. Uh, but um, uh, as we mentioned during the game and wrote about, um, uh, you know, UCF did a good job of. I mean, Auburn barely blitzed, and when they when the rush was coming from the edge, it kind of just was like a wall of water that was trying to envelop them, and they managed to push him to the outside. Mackenzie Milton, UCF's quarterback, attacked the middle of the field or turned up and stepped into the pocket or, you know, avoided the pressure uh, one way or the other. So it kind of negated what Jeff Holland was trying to do. But um, you kind of thought, you know, I thought for a while there that Kerryon Johnson was 50-50. And then as we said, immediately after that game, you saw him kind of hugging some teammates almost as if it was goodbye. And the way he was talking and smiling a lot after that game, I thought I knew right then it was over.
1: Yeah, oh, um, yeah. just like I said, uh, you know, I guess the defensively I'm not surprised with the way it ended up with Dontavious staying and the other two leaving. Right. Um, just kind of got that feeling, especially from Jeff, with kind of the way the players were talking. Um, and just there was nothing left for him to prove. I mean, he got this 10th Zach Um you know Rodney Gardner. I talked to after the game, and I posted this, uh, uh, you know on on Monday or I think it was Monday night. Just that Rodney kind of said that it'd be good for Jeff to come back. He thought he could be a more complete player. Um, wanted one more year with them. Um, and the idea that the defensive line would have been pretty special if he came back to come with Dontavious. Uh, but that doesn't come to pass. Um, I think they'll still be good, but I think Rodney recognized the idea that look that talent level they would have had if he came back would have been something else. Uh, in yeah, the SEC. It, been,
0: it would have been phenomenal.
1: Yeah, because um, you got TD and you got all these other young guys kind of getting another year and then you got you know, you got Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown. You got your whole starting group coming back and basically all four are NFL players, you know, future NFL players. Um, yeah. But yeah, now you take a step back. I don't think they'll lose too much on the line, but you just kind of a question mark of who can replace that production
0: yeah and it'd be the next man to kind of step up there would have to be td Moultrie, um and uh he's he's done well he actually kind of showed out a little bit uh against ucf when he was on the field um mm-hmm. affected some plays so it'll be interesting to see how he performs in the spring and and into the off season i i think the biggest loss here when all is said and done is carry on johnson
1: oh absolutely um, uh, but i mean there's another dominoes, man because now you look at it, and the guy that's off hunting, uh, what does he have to say about it?
0: Yeah, Jarrett Stidham, what's he thinking? You, do, you, do you think he's got uh, his cell phone with him in the tree uh, tree stand?
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But I mean, think it. about this. Do, do you think this impacts his decision?
0: Uh, it might affect it, yeah. But I, I'll tell you, I mean, I it, I would be shocked if he if he could declares. And I think if he declares, it, it'd be a mistake on his part. But I'm not him, obviously. But I mean, but he
1: saw this offense without carry on. Sure, he did. Yeah. Uh, and does he want to take the blame if they, the ships, <laughs> everything goes haywire, and there's no offensive line coming back, and Herb Hands there trying to coach them up when they're terrible, um, and then you got no carry on to bail you out. I think it could make a difference.
0: Yeah, I just—I don't know if he's sitting there thinking it's going to be all bad. I mean, he gets—he even said after the game he gets all the, his receivers back. He feels good about um, that offensive line, the younger guys that are coming in, and um, I, I think he's got a good enough relationship with Cam Martin that he has some confidence in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's—it's going to be one of those situations where. They kind of have to start not necessarily at square one, but they're going to have have a feeling out process once again on offense uh, to start the season, even though they have their quarterback coming back presumably uh, with Jared Stidham, but uh, it's, it's going to be. Well, I just think
1: you're with carry on your offensive line issues probably look a little less just because he's going to give you so much. That he could help your offensive line along, you know, and smooth over some of the rough patches. Yeah,
0: and, and but but with that said, I I thought Cam Martin actually looked better than on Johnson in those limited carries against UCF because he was attacking the hole faster than on A little
1: uh, bit, but we don't know if on was hundred percent. We don't know. If I, th- he I think he was based game. off
0: based off what I was told. I know Gus Malzahn said at the game he was as close to hundred percent as he could get. I was told that. The, that, that, if this was like him playing Georgia the first time, that's how healthy he was. Um, mm, so he, he was good to go. He was fine. Um, and I know a lot of people are going, man, he just looks slow out there. I think most of that was because the offensive line was getting their asses kicked and he was that, you know, he's been that patient runner. He kind of follows a block, sees the hole and then he bursts. He didn't have time to watch things develop very often. And when he did, he almost broke a few runs. Um, but the offensive line, I mean, the reason why Auburn lost, uh, other than the pick six and a fumble, um, but Auburn's defense got, you know, turnovers themselves. The reason why they lost was to the offensive line. Um, uh, that was baffling to me. That many seniors seeing Braden Smith, you know, getting knocked back, something I yeah. never see. I, it was, I don't know what the heck was, going on up front there and uh i know fans are very upset but you know looking at players that can replace uh these these guys going to the nfl with carryon johnson they've got options that they're just not experienced and you know it seems like i was saying this the year they lost Javon robinson in 2016 they had to go to cameron petway who was a fullback really and mm-hmm. then they were fine. He rushed for 1,200 yards and, and led the SEC. Now they look at Cam Martin, Devin Barrett, Malik Miller, and uh, uh, Asa Martin and Jartavius Whitlow, though I don't think he's really going to be in the mix. Um, but Cam Martin's your most experienced guy. I think he's the guy who'll get the first crack. And then behind him, it could be anybody. It could even be Asa Martin, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, and they're going to have to figure it out pretty quick. Um to the thing is, they're going to have to get confidence in a guy because they didn't show a lot of confidence in anybody behind Carryon, right?
0: Year. And I think he, I think the coaches knew that that was carry on's last game, and they wanted to give the ball more to Cam Martin. Uh, Tim yeah. said that uh, in that game, I think they were trying to get show, show some confidence in him, let him feel good and get a rhythm, but that didn't happen because they were uh, so far behind. They went with their top player, but you know. Uh, beyond cam martin you know listen you talk about them having to figure things out quickly that let's just not gus Malzon's mo it, it every year when they don't have a starter returning at running back it, yeah, it takes, till, it uh, takes uh, like yeah. three four weeks and uh they open the season against washington that's gonna be difficult
1: but man uh not a good week <laughs> for the football no team.
0: i'll tell you that i mean that losing <laughs> uh, all these players watching your rivals Alabama and Georgia who you both beat soundly
1: right. go right. to the national right. so championship national game
0: and and they're
1: preparing for the national title game as you're losing your top players you uh, your and, top and, players
0: and UCF um, which just defeated you is claiming a national championship
1: that's uh um Fans I think are just I think this is this is like going to be an anxious sort of couple of weeks here months. <laughs> well thing. listen,
0: I mean f- fans are fans obviously and they can be fickle. And you want to know how fickle things and how quickly things can change, you know we do these approval ratings for Gus Malzahn. Yeah. It was above 90% after the Iron Bowl, okay, on our website at auburnundercover.com. Was it's it a, below it's 20, about like it? th- it's about like 35% right okay. now in the poll that I put up Wednesday.
1: But I mean, hey, no. Drop sixty points. <laughs> in their defense, when Gus was signed to the contract extension, yeah. it was with the expectation that this was going to be a championship level team next year.
0: Right, and it, it still could be. I mean, you really can't predict the future. They got a lot. But down, uh, this doesn't help. So.
1: This doesn't make it easier.
0: No, it doesn't. I mean, it never does when you lose people. But I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I've I've seen Auburn lose guys before and then come back and be better than I thought they were going to be. I mean, right now, I would say this is probably an eight-win team next year. Yeah. Um, if Jarrett Stidham comes back.
1: What if Jarrett Stidham doesn't come back?
0: If he doesn't come back, you're probably looking at a seven- or eight-win team. I, I think Malik could give them a, that different dimension where they would change the offense a little bit. But uh, but that's
1: such a question. I mean, it's Right, it's so a big question, more question
0: mark, big question mark, and you would also have to worry – would he be as accurate as a passer? I mean, Jared Stidham completed nearly 67% of his passes throughout the entire season.
1: And um, boy, you're one injury away from going with Joey Gatewood, I guess,
0: Joey Gatewood. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And that would throw recruiting. I would throw a wrench in recruiting too. Well, they sure. Kind of have it, to get a
0: graduate transfer. They have to go get a juco or graduate transfer. Yeah. Um, but it'll be, be an interesting
1: couple of days what what he decides once he gets back from the trail. Um, yeah,
0: I just don't see him declaring if he declares. I I, I mean, why is, I'm not,
1: he, why is it such a hard decision? If Like, what is he contemplating? I mean, he's honestly contemplating something.
0: He might like the drama. Do you think but, so? Well, that and I mean, I don't know. But he's probably also just like. Screw this, I'm getting away from football for a few days. And then I'm just gonna come back and go, Yeah, I'm coming back. Of course I am. I mean he even said after the SEC championship game, like, why would I he was kinda like, Why would I leave?
1: But, but he changed all of a too. sudden.
0: But I think he's doing that more or less of maybe he just wants people to think about him. I
1: don't know. <laughs> maybe. But he <laughs> just sounded very uncommitted. Uh, well, if he
0: doesn't it. if he doesn't come back, then then the questions have to start coming about to Gus Malzahn of why, why are you losing all these players, and why, why did your quarterback, yet for one year, who is probably not projected as a you know, a highly drafted guy, leaving? You know, I yeah. I mean, what happened there? He was saying a few weeks ago he wanted to stay, and now he's gone. But I, I just don't see him leaving. I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been an interesting few days for Auburn. Um. I know, you know. Out of all those players, uh, I guess the most surprising was carry on. Oh, and the thing I wanted to m- mention: all of these announcements were made mm. by Auburn, other yeah. than Cameron Petway. Yeah, Petway's announcement came on his own Instagram page via what looked like a ripped-off version of the announcements that were made in graphics that Auburn were doing.
1: And, and his uh, his statement that he received from Gus Malzahn was far less health, heartfelt. Right. Uh, then the other three.
0: You know, you know that uh, a coach doesn't really like you, or Gus Malzahn doesn't like you very much when he says, "We wish him nothing but the best." While the others are, "We wish him the best." But whenever it's to get a qualify, it nothing but the best. I don't like the guy. I, I'm not saying I don't like the guy. That, that, no, there's no way. I'm just saying nothing but the best. Yeah. Well, just say we wish him the best. Of course you do. But anyway uh i don't think things were amicable between petway and the uh auburn staff and everything that was yeah. that was on a rocky road from the beginning of the year um sadly which is bad for him because you know he had a chance to really improve his draft stock now he's probably going to be und- undrafted i don't see who would pick him up to be honest
1: yeah for sure but somebody else take a flyer on him but you know. sure yeah someone
0: will Tough,
1: that. tough year from year to year, tough break for him. Just how far he, uh, yeah his stock fell. Um, you know, you can't like, we, I think we talked about this you know, retrospect. Yeah. Everything looks better, but you, you don't know that. I mean, he could have had a great season and that was his expectation, but, um, didn't work out like that. Certainly.
0: Yeah, sure. And and at the time, you thought Carryon was a good backup, but you didn't think he would right. be a workhorse. And he ended up being the workhorse. Uh Auburn always finds a way with their running backs; they just do under Gus Malzahn and Tim Horton. That's why I, I it's going to be it's going to be difficult next year. But uh, don't count out Cam Martin and those other guys. They'll probably figure no. something out. They 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 always do. I mean, there's a reason why Auburn's had nine straight years with a 1,000 yard rusher.
1: Oh, and for all three guys, I mean, they just saw, like, they had such little to prove. I mean, they had all had very good seasons, and carry on, especially production-wise, and Jeff Holland, I mean, w- where else do you go? I mean, 1,400 yards and the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, Heisman, yeah, but, I mean, that's that's really, I mean, <laughs> his resume was good enough to go on the NFL.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Movie gone. Auburn hired their 10th assistant. It was a name that we reported, uh, actually, uh, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning as someone who is in the running, uh, Memphis defensive backs, coach Marcus Woodson, uh, has been at Memphis for the last couple of years. He's been in a, uh, in the coaching profession for 13 years. If you don't know anything about him, that's okay. We'll try to fill you in here. He, you know, he isn't really widely known, but, uh, he played uh defensive back at Ole Miss from, I think 99 to 2003 letter two years. Mississippi guy, Mississippi native, um, has some really good recruiting ties in that state, um, and was at Memphis the last two years, and they, you know helped the defense that turned, helped turn the ball over quite a bit. They had 16 interceptions this season. Um, I think that's big for Auburn because Auburn, you know, they only had six interceptions this year. But also, recruiting wise, I think he's going to be able to come in and help out uh, with Greg Brown on the Mm -hmm. recruiting trail, which is a big, big thing right now. But Marcus Woodson, the guy that Auburn goes with as the 10th assistant, he had interviewed at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, based off what I was told, looked like he might go to one of those schools, and Auburn got involved and uh, made the decision to come to Auburn because of, uh, well, they're just better programs. And uh, I'm sure he got a better pay raise. He was only making – well, only, but he was making $163,000 a year.
1: well so, just such little money. <laughs> That's tough. How did he um, eat?
0: I don't know. Um, But he was the second lowest paid staff member on the Memphis staff. Uh, probably the one ramen below. every night. Yeah, no. The one below was making $160,000. Uh, sure and getting... he was
1: probably on unemployment, too, or something, right? Partial. <laughs> I'm
0: sure uh, he's. I'm sure he's getting a raise to about a quarter million at Auburn, I would think. Yeah. I haven't heard any contract details. But um, we've got a story up at Auburn Undercover right now uh, that you go check out when you listen to this. Uh, our Keith Niebuhr spoke to uh, C.D. Daniels, uh, prospect out of the Birmingham area, uh, a defensive back who, um, more or less like a three-star guy, probably a backup option for Auburn at this point going into the second signing day. But he's been recruited by uh Woodson and kind of gives some insight on what type of guy he is. Also, uh our partners at Go Tigers twenty four seven, the Memphis site. Uh one of their writers uh provided some intel on what type of coach Marcus Woodson is, uh, and also recruiter. Uh you go check that out on the to get a message board. But uh Marcus Woodson, um I don't know if anybody else had it or whatever, but Tuesday morning, if you're a subscriber or Tuesday night, excuse me, you would have seen his name up there and sure enough, Auburn hired him. Uh, I think it's a good hire, all things considered uh, at this point. It's kind of kind of the typical 10th assistant you want and also follows through what we've been hearing for the last year since last January. Kevin Steele was really pushing for an extra defensive assistant and he gets him and it kind of evens the playing field between the offensive staff and the defensive staff.
1: I think fans might be a little scratching their head, though. I mean, Memphis is. I'm looking up their stats. 122nd in past defense, gave up uh, one of the more most touchdowns in the country, uh, and so and they dropped dramatically from year to year, from like 89th to 122nd. Um, you know, I know recruiting makes a difference, but yeah, I was
0: told that when uh, Fuente uh, was there. They kind of left the cupboard bare and then also in recruiting uh, on the, with the defensive backs. Yeah. Um, but they, they forced turnovers at the very least. But um, the uh, 24-7 writer for Memphis said that fans were kind of impatient with him, uh, with the coach. But he thought he actually did a very good job considering what they had. Um, and it remained to be seen what he was going to be able to do in the long run recruiting. Yeah. But uh, he's a guy that knows the SEC. Um, and you know, not, no knock on Greg Brown, but I think Woodson's going to be a better recruiter.
1: Right. And that's, you got to hope that, and, and Greg Brown did a good job on the field. So right. uh, maybe you try to look at those guys as one assistant <laughs> essentially right. where you kind of smooth out the weaknesses for each. And maybe Greg Brown gives him a little knowledge, helps him out. Uh, yeah. and uh, it, you coaching know, what, wise.
0: Auburn was going to either hire probably a linebackers coach of some sort or a defensive backs coach. They went with the defensive backs coach, and now Greg Brown could probably focus on safeties, and he can uh, Woodson could focus on cornerbacks or vice versa. Kevin Steele really focuses on the outside backers already, and obviously Travis Williams deals with everything else. So they already had that kind of nailed down, and I think this helps out Greg Brown. You know, Auburn for – the last several years before Kevin Steele, they always had two defensive backs coaches um, and they didn't do that under Steele, but now they will uh, with this 10th assistant. Um, He can start working. I mean, he's not even typically actually uh, hired yet. You can't have the guy hired until January 9th.
1: Um, I was going to say, what was the date for the official start of that? January 9th. So So next Tuesday
0: um, is when they can start working and he can go, recruiting and do all that stuff it'll be interesting to see how he affects things on the recruiting trail going down the stretch because they obviously need uh, cornerbacks defensive backs at this point especially with carlton davis uh, on his way out as uh, many of us long expected
1: yeah and that, it'll be interesting to see how recruiting kind of this last month would just kind of a, how everything's shaped up here they uh, need now
0: offensive with, linemen.
1: well and then with georgia and alabama playing the national title game Auburn losing all their best players.
0: It's going to be interesting to see, by the way, just as an aside, if uh, Gus Malzon goes on ESPN during the national championship. Yeah. Because he's the coach that beat those two teams. I'm sure they'll try to want him. But didn't he, he do that? Well, he there. did
1: that last year, didn't he? Because he did the same. He played the, I think he's done it. Clemson, I and, think he's uh, done
0: it pretty much every year um but he was yeah, there's
1: just in, such little insight though well that's think, the thing he, uh, does, he's,
0: he doesn't play a large role but he would be you know on, at face value the perfect coach to put on there like in the film room thing that, that they do uh yeah. as the simulcast but would he be willing to sit there and go hey they're about to do this and this is how we countered it um would he actually be willing to do that i mean uh a lot of these coaches they bring in there like uh for the uh uh, New Year's Day bowls and the semifinals. You know they're unemployed coaches or well, coaches. No, that they have no, they've those had games.
1: coaches where they just they they actually play to the camera and will play ball, right? And say interesting things. Yeah,
0: I mean Gus has done stuff like that before. He did it back in I think 2011 when he was an offensive coordinator. He was on ESPN breaking down plays and stuff, and he was very good at it. There's you can go on YouTube and look look at it i mean it's very insightful but ever since he's been a head coach he doesn't do that anymore whenever he's been on tv and doesn't Um, seem to
1: have interest in it either so
0: yeah um well but we'll see i mean if you want to try and help recruiting you go on tv and and say hey we, we beat the we beat the doll crap as he would say out of these guys um earlier this year so anyway uh moving forward, um, things that are actually happening now on a, a playing surface in competitive college athletics, uh, the basketball team, Mike, man, 13 and one. They've won eleven straight. That's the third best winning streak in the country right now. They're coming off a ten point win at number twenty three, Tennessee. They just continue to play harder than everybody else. They're out rebounding everybody, they're shooting a three pointer chumo kiki is coming into his own um they just got a lot of offensive firepower uh on this team and boy is saturday going to be huge against
1: arkansas yeah it'll be interesting uh they overcame some major foul trouble too their front court was decimated um sean murray basically had four fouls the minute he stepped on the court uh anthony mathmore was in foul trouble um Chubokiki also played through foul trouble. He had four fouls for much of the second half. And I thought they were going to be really big, you know, because they're already thin in the front court, But somehow uh, they made it, they cobbled it together with Malik Dunbar and Mustafa here and playing the four um, and made it through that game. Um, and Jared Harper even had cramps late in that game. So, I mean, they had a lot stacked against them at, on the road. Um, that's as good as a win as this program's had. Uh, in the Bruce Pearl era, don't you think?
0: Oh, definitely. I thought. I think it's the biggest win. I mean, obviously they beat Kentucky a couple of years ago uh, when Kentucky was ranked in the top 15 or top 16, I think, at home, and that was pretty big, and they beat Xavier his first year. But th- this was huge just because it, it's the first SEC game. It's against a ranked opponent on the road. They hadn't beaten a ranked opponent on the road in 11 years um and they've set themselves up to potentially jump in the top 25 if they beat arkansas on saturday um so, yeah for
1: sure no question
0: and and you look at i mean that that's going to be a raucous crowd and it's going to be a fun game to watch too uh because both teams love to go up and down
1: yeah and uh it'll be interesting to see um at home, if they can uh, keep that momentum going, because that'll put a... I mean, look, they don't need tons of wins here on the SEC schedule to put themselves in position to make the tournament. So every win you kind of get, everything gets easier. Uh, So the Tennessee win was big, and this Arkansas, right off the bat, you start 2-0, really gives the team momentum here.
0: You know, I'm looking at a real-time RPI.com, which is, listen, it goes back and forth and everything, but Auburn's RPI is all the way up to fourteenth. It jumped twenty-three spots since that win at Tennessee. It's mm-hmm. up to fourteenth. Arkansas is at number twelve. So they could pick up another top fifteen uh RPI win. Uh Tennessee was in the top five when they beat them. Tennessee dropped to eighteenth uh after losing to Auburn after being at number four. So uh I you know, we might have to do some research on this, but it's been a very long time since Auburn's been in the top 15 of the RPI at any point in any season. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's incredible, especially considering that their strength of schedule rank right now is 80th. You know, they didn't like to have a really, really, wow. really tough schedule. Um, right now. No, because
1: they have lost Temple's I think seven and six or something like that, and that's the loss they have, so that doesn't do any many favors.
0: Yeah, and Temple was thought to be a borderline insulate tournament team, and they still are. They're thirty second in the RPI, but as you said, they're like seven yeah, they're seven and six right now. They have the number one strength of schedule actually in the country. That's uh, crazy. Temple. Um and Auburn still has that good win against Middle Tennessee State. Um Middle Tennessee State's eight and four right now, but that win against Tennessee, Tennessee's going to knock some folks off this year. Um, and Arkansas, they, they're coming off a loss at Mississippi State. it would be interesting to see how they rebound from that. you know. But I think the difference for Auburn in this game is going to be rebounding because that's not necessarily Arkansas' strong suit and never has been in their system. Uh, Arkansas is the type of team that um, fouls quite a bit when they're mm-hmm. on the road um, because that style – leads to that and then they don't shoot a lot of foul shots themselves so uh, you gotta like Auburn going into this game it's gonna be a huge atmosphere fans are obviously gonna be into it they're gonna have the home crowd advantage and um I I think uh I mean I don't know if you've talked to any of the coaches or anything or any of the players yet but I, I would think that they're pretty motivated they seem very motivated and we're working their ass off against Tennessee anyway you know, before the game with that 4-14 and 14 shirt that Bruce was wearing. But uh, the, to be down 14 points to Tennessee and fight back the way they did and then just absolutely take control of that game in the second half was impressive to watch.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the 4-14, and 14, and for fans that don't know, uh, CBS Sports predicted that they would go 4-14 and 14 in the SEC, and I forgot what the final record makes that, but um, uh, Bruce Pearl uh, printed out, uh a shirt and was wearing that uh and there and he referenced that even after the previous game what was that against Cornell, which feels like last yeah. year ha 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 it was last year yeah. um uh and so uh they're really pushing that hard Because um, I think that uh, they need that a little motivation, uh especially just with they're short handed and they're gonna hit a wall at some point, and so anything that you can kind of get to try to fight against that i think is important
0: yeah auburn with
1: realistically they're gonna they're gonna get tired here (laughs) if they don't get any reinforcements coming just
0: because of the bench right now and obviously with austin wiley and dan joe purifoy that's still very much up in the air auburn with two winnable games on the schedule coming up arkansas and ole miss both at home ole miss is uh like 152nd in the rpi uh not having a great season uh, definitely winnable, so it's, I mean, Auburn starts 3-0 and in the SEC, as you said, that gives them some uh, wiggle room. Uh, yeah, it does.
1: They'd really you, have to fall apart to not make the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at real-time RPI, their projection for Auburn now is 23-8 and and 11-7 and in the SEC, obviously, that's, you know, just based off of the RPI and the formula that they utilize and everything, but that would definitely put them in the insulate tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- uh, definitely maybe as a top seven seed, a, 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 you know, somewhere in there, maybe above the eight line, um, something along those lines. gonna look at Kim Palm real quick, but what, what do you think? Why, why is Auburn, um, rebounding as well as they are?
1: I couldn't tell you. I, it's, it's, it has to be effort. Cause they're not tall. <laughs> right. Yeah. They got they don't have anybody over six eight. Uh Macklemore's starting, he's six seven, and then they got a six three power forward. Uh so um technique has a little bit to do with it. Obviously they're they're playing fundamentally sound, but effort has a lot to do with it. Um just because they want it more. I mean that's what rebounding is, right? And uh uh I think th- the bigger thing is defensively um the way they're playing and you know I think you've seen stretches of what we said offensively when they don't hit three pointers. Uh, it can be kind of ugly, um, but they've kept teams uh, within, de- within striking distance by playing defense and rebounding. Um, Cause I think offensively they're way more up and down just because of what they have to rely on with no sort of consistent sort of offense without uh Wiley in there. Um, but man, defensively they've made strides and you know, I think you got to look at too. Free throw shooting uh, has also been a bit major. Um,
0: yeah, uh, free throw deal. percentage is twelfth in the nation right now. Yeah,
1: and late in these couple of these games, they've been able to kind of ice teams by just hitting their free throws. And last year, you know, you saw those big comebacks, and they couldn't do that. Um, they were terrible. So uh, everything kind of all those weaknesses last year, you saw, they've kind of made really big strides.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at some Ken Palm numbers. I love Ken Palm. Uh, their adjusted efficiency on offense is ranked 19th in the nation. Defensively, it's 58th, which is very good, uh, considering. And then the big number to me, offensive rebound percentage, fifth in the nation. hmm Uh, at 38.2. The nation national average is 29.1. Um, very big. And then block percentage on defense, they rank fifth in the country as well uh at 18.8 national average is 9.5 so almost doubling the national average so they're really good in some categories and that's been the difference and those type of categories blocks free throws offensive rebounding and efficiency on offense that's effort yeah and coaching, of course, and talent, but a lot. Oh, because you're
1: blocking. T- I mean, you're blocking guys that are bigger too. In a lot of cases, with Macklemore um, going up against guys that are just bigger than him.
0: Yep, and Ken Palm also has a projected ref- record of twenty-three and eight and eleven and seven. Ken Palm gives Auburn a fifty-nine percent chance of beating Arkansas on Saturday. Uh, Big game. And like I said, it'll be a fun game because both teams love to go up and down the court. Be a lot of fun.
1: And I was told the atmosphere against Cornell was really good. And that was with nobody on campus. Everybody should be back on campus or getting close to it uh, this weekend for students uh, coming back to school.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Let me see if we got any listener questions. Um, Someone tagged me in a conversation and uh just scrolling through that uh stan asks, his twitter name is who dis what what does auburn do if Jarrett stidham leaves i think that's the question on everybody's mind considering today's events um well, they go with malik willis i think they would change the offense a little bit they'd go with a uh, uh, more zone read thing in fact you know I actually asked Jarrett Stidham after one game this year ago. Can you imagine what the offense would look like whenever Malik Willis takes over and say Cam Martin is the running back? And he said he thinks it would be unstoppable. Um, I don't think Auburn fans want to see that yet. Though I did see some some Auburn fans were very upset with Jarrett Stidham after the game.
1: Mm. He didn't Um, play well. He didn't.
0: He he didn't. One person asked Dallas Downs, "Is can Malik Willis be as good as Nick Marshall? You know, I, I, I who knows? Nick Marshall was uh, one of the better zone read quarterbacks to ever play college football.
1: If you're going with Malik Willis next year and three new offensive linemen, there are going to be some growing pains.
0: Right, absolutely. He's not
1: going to be Nick Marshall right out of the gate. There's just no way. Yeah. Marshall had experience under his belt at junior college level. Um. It'd be rough, I think. Some rough, rough games
0: mm-hmm. next year. Uh, Dennis asks, will the Tigers ever wear orange shoes again? Um, they might not. They might not wear Cam Newton uh <laughs> cleats again because uh, those seem to be bad luck. Uh, Greg asked, does Asa Martin play as a freshman? Yes. Yeah, probably so. Maybe a lot like Devin Barrett, maybe a bigger role. I mean, who knows? They might go with a committee approach of running back next season. Uh, David Holbrook asks, going forward, will Gus Malzahn's contract extension pan out? Or will we be looking for another coach with another buyout in a few years? Well, I mean, more than likely, based off of history, you would have to lean more toward looking for another coach and a buyout. I mean, I yeah. have you seen many coaches in 12 years at Auburn? Um, especially in this climate,
1: man. If they and if they start out with like an eight-win season, whew.
0: yeah, pitchforks will be out again. I mean, I mean, it's uh, and that's not just me saying that to say that. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, coach. I mean, fans were had the pitchforks ready going into the Georgia game uh in November. Now let's not forget that, and then they beat Georgia, and everything kind of went away. And then you had some people thinking, could he be fired if they lose to Alabama?
1: Um, I think the Fred, biggest issue for Auburn is they, they bet against them. I mean, they, I, I, seven years is too much.
0: Well, I'll tell you this. Um, it does seem like SEC schools just don't care about spending money anymore. Dave no. Aranda, LSU's defensive coordinator, got a raise to $2.5 million. I'm – my understanding is that four years is guaranteed, so he's going to get paid ten million bucks to be a coordinator.
1: They, they, that was such a that, that whole situation is baffling. Why didn't they just make him the head coach if they liked him so much?
0: Yeah, I saw someone saying that. Like, why? Why is he just not the head coach?
1: I don't understand that because he's a young guy too. He was up and coming. Somebody's going to make him a head coach, uh, and you're going to pay him all that money. I, that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: College football, big time programs. I, I've always said that maybe the bubble will burst at some point, but, man, I, I don't – is there a – is it – does it burst? I don't, I, I don't know. What's crazy. Ross Dellinger, the LSU uh, b writer, says that that salary at $2.5 for a defensive coordinator is higher than at least 80 of the 130 FBS head coaches. Wow. that That is nuts. It's forty seven percent higher than the next highest paid assistant coach from this last season.
1: Who was that? Forty seven
0: percent. I don't. I don't know who. Um, that is insane. Uh, it's it's just crazy. I, 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 when's it stop? When does when it you're stop? stuck
1: with when you're stuck with paying forty two million dollars to a coach that you don't want?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we're still trying to figure that out. How much of this? How much Contract is guaranteed, is guaranteed so for goodness. Gus Malzon. But based off of history here, everybody's getting guaranteed contracts all the way through their deals.
1: I think you're looking at le- I mean, at least minimum half, right?
0: I would think, think so. I would think so. Uh, but I, it could be I, did hear, more. I did hear it was three quarters. One yeah. person told me early in the process it was three quarters of it was guaranteed, but I haven't been able to confirm that. So, but a lot of that money is going to be guaranteed when, when the contract finally comes out. And trust us, folks, we're doing our best to try to get the paperwork or at least get a morsel of information out of the president's office and also the athletics department, and they they won't share anything yet. Um, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they want to sign the contract first or if it's just a end of the understanding they have right now. It'll be interesting. Meanwhile... Uh, don't know yet if Travis Williams, the linebacker's coach, and Herb Han, the offensive line coach, have new contracts because their initial contracts are set to expire at midnight Tuesday morning.
1: We'll talk um, about that at the more appropriate time.
0: Right, <laughs> as they would say. We'll talk about that later. I'll tell you this. Gus Malzahn must have just been sitting in his office today playing news editor and went, you know what, Let's let's dump a lot of news today. How about everybody uh, declare for the NFL?
1: He had to get four a quotes. Coach. He had to get four quotes.
0: I'm telling you, this was. I, I, get, <laughs> I, I bet you he was sitting in his office today and just was like, okay, this is the day we do this, guys. He was telling players and goes, so I'll have people write something up for you. Uh, you give feedback, and then we'll do it. Other than Cameron Petway, who was. Had someone, some fan work up a graphic <laughs> with his own <laughs> quote.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: very weird. But uh, anything you want to talk about? Anything going on in pop culture that you are just dying to talk about? Not really. Yeah, I mean, you, but, cookouts in Auburn. Have you been yet?
1: Went to lunch. I, good. Hey,
0: I did too. I went to lunch Wednesday.
1: That's was good. Um, uh,
0: I got a, uh, I got the, uh, what's it called? Like the Western burger.
1: They're still figuring it out. Uh, yeah, my burger the, was
0: burnt a little bit. Yeah. My,
1: the fries are burnt, but it's only my the what, fifth, fifth day or something like that. So yeah. they're, they were slammed even though yeah. it was like late. So, yeah. uh, seems like the, uh, Auburn community was ready to welcome them with open arms. Oh yeah. And
0: did you see the hours?
1: I didn't actually. I meant to look and then I got distracted. Well what are they? All right. Monday through Thursday, I believe it's till
0: three AM. That's good. And then Friday through the weekend is uh till four.
1: That's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah, it's thing.
0: Good stuff it's a beautiful thing. Uh I've already To be honest, had...
1: anything after anything after ten AM or ten PM here is like unbelievable. So um that's just unheard of. The them and Walmart are the only thing open at uh, two o'clock in the morning.
0: So yeah. And Taco Bell. And Taco Bell. Uh but uh I've already had two cheer wine floats. There you go. And uh I still haven't had a quesadilla there. Have you had a quesadilla there? No, I heard they're all right, but I haven't. That's not what had. I hear, but I was gonna get one a day and I decided against it. Um Went there and ate lunch, and then uh, went to the barber and got my beard trimmed up. It's shorter now. My wife hated my beard, so had to trim it.
1: Well, you were celebrating UCF's national title, was that what you're doing? Yeah, Yeah.
0: I I was. You know, I got to trim up my beard so I can. What do you think about
1: that? I,
0: I, it's so stupid.
1: No, I, I, I give them credit because apparently they're paying out the bonuses for the coaches.
0: Yeah, it's and
1: they're like all in. And I I can I think I appreciate that. I appreciate the effort.
0: <laughs> you appreciate them wasting their money. Here you go, coaches who don't coach for us. Here's some money.
1: Hey, that'll be a that'll be forty eight million <laughs> whatever it is less just, than Auburn wastes. Oh, yeah. Zing.
0: yeah. Apparently it's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars total, I guess, in bonus or is, yeah,
1: it's two hundred for the head coach, but uh yeah. Scott Frost just riding a uh a pile of money back to nebraska with his fifteen thousand fans that attended the game right right there's so many nebraska
0: fans there at the peach bowl
1: um good stuff though parade too i like it
0: (laughs) a parade at disney world so you got to pay like 100 bucks to get into disney world to watch the parade
1: that's good marketing man i think that's clever i think it's good how
0: many ucf fans uh, are going to show up to that
1: I don't know. Are there UCF? Other no well, I, hey, twenty five, thirty thousand of them showed up to Atlanta, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna count count them That's out. That's
0: true, I guess. But who, who's? I already saw some UCF fans on Twitter mentions through other people complaining about it, saying I spent all this money to go to the Peach Bowl. I'm not spending all this to go watch a parade. I'll watch it on TV.
1: Um, were you surprised Auburn fans didn't come out at all? But no, I mean,
0: it was they were disappointed. They felt it felt like they should have been in the playoff, and they lost to Georgia, and they kind of gave up. Um, though I did criticize fans a little bit on Twitter, uh, yeah, for it. It was a lot like the Sugar Bowl last year. Yeah, and the fans didn't really show up for that. I heard, I heard had people argue with me, telling, "Well, you know, Auburn fans showed up for the Sugar Bowl last year. Not really. They didn't. They because that wasn't a sellout. That was that ten thousand. I think there twelve thousand empty, empty seats. Yeah, yeah, a lot of empty seats there." Um and UCF filled their section and portions of Auburn's sections. Uh there were, they were rows they were empty fun. in the upper deck.
1: They were having fun. Yeah,
0: they were into it. Auburn fans were, were seemed dead too, the ones that were there.
1: Yeah, it was a it was not uh not the best effort. No.
0: Um it'd be interesting to see how many Auburn fans show up for the season opener there against Washington.
1: Yeah, that becomes a weird game, man. <laughs> Third straight game in that in the in the Mercedes Benz. You lose that, uh, man. And then they were talking about playing another game in there. What was the year against North Carolina? Was North it Carolina,
0: twenty twenty, I think.
1: Yeah, so uh, maybe maybe you don't schedule that one there. Maybe. Well, Auburn's
0: gonna be playing in dome domes, you know, next three years. Uh, yeah. Uh, the obviously this past season, twenty eighteen, against Washington and they go to Arlington to play in Jerry World uh, against Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. It'd be interesting. But That's all I By 2020 coaches will be head coaches will be paid 45 For, million dollars a year.
1: We'll see what head coach Clay Helton does. <laughs> Clay Helton.
0: <laughs> well, he's losing his quarterback now, so
1: what's true. look like? I mean, Maybe he won't be as attractive candidate. head coach, Travis uh, Williams. Williams, yeah.
0: I could see that someday. Maybe 10 years from now. Yeah. Who knows? We can't predict the future.
1: No, but we can say on Johnson won't be carrying the ball next year for Auburn.
0: That's true. I saw what you did there. Mm-hmm. Or, uh. Since a mud will not be bowing yeah. to his teammates at Auburn, but Good hey, stuff. life moves on. Keep it tuned. If if the internet was a television with an old dial on it, keep it tuned to AuburnUndercover.com. We'll have full coverage of anything football going on as we await Jarrett Stidham's announcement. You
1: should put a clock on the site that's like counting down uh, Jared's hunting trip from his return from uh, <laughs> the, question the hills. Is,
0: the question is, did his hunting trip start Tuesday or did it start Wednesday?
1: Right, we don't know when he actually we went. I don't know. What was he hunting? Did it, did I don't ask? know, I
0: didn't ask. I, we were in that locker room only for 30 minutes, so I was trying to get as many people as I could.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that seems like an important question.
0: <laughs> he just said, I don't know. I'm going to spend the next three days uh, hunting. Clear my mind. Because they're yeah. in
1: Texas, right? So like what? Yeah. He, he said he's hunting North in Texas. the Mexico border? Let's see.
0: What, what's in uh, season right now? I wouldn't even I'm know.
1: looking. Let's see. hunting calendar. Because I have no concept of what they'd be hunting in Texas.
0: This isn't like surviving the game, is it?
1: I, it's the most <laughs> dangerous game. Um, but what's today's date? January fourth. Uh, he can, if he's in the central time zone, he can hunt doves. <laughs> but that okay. seems really. Low. He could uh, hunt duck in certain areas.
0: I wonder if he's hunting duck then. Geese, Ooh. rabbit season,
1: <laughs> duck season, not pheasant, not no, antelope, quail. He can hunt sandhill cranes. I have no idea what that Where even is. What the heck is that? Uh <laughs> can hunt squirrels. He's out there hunting squirrels, though. That's like the lamest thing I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, why would you go to Texas for that?
1: Turkey? Rio Grande Turkeys, maybe?
0: He says he's gonna be right north of the border.
1: Oh, he can hunt deer. Okay, so he's probably doing deer. He's probably doing deer, there you go. A white tailed deer. Or woodcock. It's a woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I guess is. it's a bird of some sort.
1: Oh, it's a bird! Bird with a giant beak.
0: Woodcock, huh?
1: Is he hiring? He's he's hunting some woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. That's oh, like five years old.
0: Well, listen, he's a uh, he's a very accurate passer. Maybe he's an accurate shooter. Well, those, and these
1: woodcocks might be tough to woodcocks. hunt. Because their eyes are located on the sides of their heads, which gives them 360 uh, degree vision. That does make it. So they are. They've got their eyes everywhere. They, you could almost say they have the eyes in their back of their head.
0: You could. Are they bright and colorful? No, no, no.
1: Their hat. This their unobtrusive plumage makes them difficult to see.
0: Yeah, that, I don't. Ooh, that'd be difficult. Seems like the woodcock would have the advantage there.
1: Uh, so he's hunting woodcock out in the uh, uh, I've
0: never heard of woodcock
1: I'm
0: I'm google if I google this will something bad happen to my computer
1: (laughs) no no.
0: woodcock
1: woodcock that is an
0: ugly ass bird dude yeah dude what the heck He's Why would anyone with... hunt that? I got a picture of one with a worm in its mouth. Well,
1: because they're they're trying to kill worms. Try to small protect Small birds the too, it's looks like. Very that tiny. Totally
0: I, found a, I found a bigger woodcock here.
1: <laughs> um, geez, kinda... Does he? Hunt, and you probably didn't ask if he's hunting with bow and arrow or is he hunting rifles? Uh,
0: I did not ask that.
1: These are the maybe
0: maybe he's just hunting with a football. He's just throwing maybe a VIP
1: post of the details of Jared ha- Austin's hunt. <laughs> would be good well, I
0: don't think he's Instagrammed or Snapchatted anything from the well, uh, tree
1: what, what happens on the hunt stays on the hunt. When you're hunting woodcock, you don't <laughs> you don't tell people what happens. That's private.
0: Yeah, that's true. It stays in the woods, or what happens in the woods stays in the woods.
1: Right. I don't, uh, aren't they on the prairie? Wouldn't it be in Texas? Is it woods? Are they in the woods? They're in the
0: deadlands, I aren't they? I think
1: they're like in the desert, right?
0: The desert? There's no desert in Texas.
1: in the desert? What are you talking about?
0: The deadlands. I think sand, they're in the deadlands. Sand? <clears throat> they're on the surface of Mars.
1: Can they hit a wall at some point? So they know they've gone too far south. <laughs> or has that not been built? I don't know. I don't pay I don't attention. Know.
0: I don't know. It's gonna be the biggest wall you've ever seen.
1: Those woodcocks can't get over. They're no, stuck. So those, they were like, man, we were, we, we really weren't. And then, do they? Can woodcocks like, fly? I don't know. I don't know how what their their flight pattern
0: is. They're waiters. I see one in the air. There we go. Wow, <laughs> more you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, people ask on Google is a snipe a woodcock?
1: <laughs> I don't even know. That, that's How do you, you, that How bad. do you cook a woodcock? Can you eat a woodcock? You can't eat a woodcock from what they were saying. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I wonder what they taste like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting silly, but I mean, woodcocks are a funny bird.
0: It's an ugly bird, man. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm looking on the Instagram. I don't see anything from Jarrett Stidham. So no breaking news during the podcast. Too bad. No. But on Johnson's already in Pensacola, saying it's his home for the next few months. Dude's ready for the NFL. Made a quick decision, already set things up, already in, in Pensacola. Yeah, considering he
1: hadn't thought about it as of uh, Monday at uh, 7 o'clock. Well. Quick turnaround there.
0: It's his life, I guess. Doesn't matter. Almost as if he knew. Come on now. Come on. A lot of people just post pictures of food on Instagram. Pretty silly. John Franklin III is uh, in Fit Factory in the lab, he says.
1: Yeah, he's got a real good chance of making the NFL.
0: Are you being sarcastic? (laughs) <laughs> yes I <am. laughs> Uh One Auburn player saying Say less do more That kind of uh, faded this year didn't it Yeah That was a big thing that all the players were saying For a while Which is funny because you're saying You're saying less but then you, you're you saying That over and over again you know what I'm talking about I got what you're, I got what you're saying Okay well I should say less. I want to know who designed this graphic for Cameron Petway, because mm-hmm. it wasn't Auburn, <laughs> and they tried to make it look like it was made by Auburn, and it wasn't made by Auburn. Okay, anyway, who cares? All right, well, thanks for joining us uh, in the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by We Have Donuts dot com. Go to Undercover dot com for complete coverage of everything we just discussed and so much more. We'll see you guys
1: down the road.